welcome to Soap, a story of the Tates and the Campbells, whose normal life is anything but normal, with co-hosts Tom Diamond, Vicky Ray, Jesse Fultz, and Keith Chowgo. Soap operas come and go, but there has never been a soap opera like Soap. Welcome back to the Literary License Podcast, and today we are still covering our retrospective of Soap, the sitcom, Season 1, Episodes 9 through 16. Today we have Tom Diamond with us. Say hello, Tom. Hello, everybody. I've crawled over from the Dark Shadows Crypt once again. It gives me a lot of exercise, and I've uh, said hello to the Crypt Keeper on the way. <laughs> hello there, all of you. We're back. So thank you very much for inviting me. I've high-fived the Crypt Keeper a couple times the last two months myself. <laughs> and we have his kingship, Keith Shago, his lead. Yes. <laughs> May I be with you? <laughs> I nice do like that. That's all. <laughs> and we've got myself, Vicky Ray. And before we get started, we'd like to see what's going on with everybody. Since the last time we spoke, so let's see. Tom, what have you been doing? I don't mind telling you. Actually, I didn't get a chance uh, since last week when we taped the Dark Shadows uh, podcast. Uh, but as you guys both know, and I don't mind telling the world, I'm getting over a mild, a very mild case of COVID. And thank goodness it could have been a lot worse. Uh, I just had minor flu symptoms. Uh, I did have something called brain fog for 24 hours, which I wouldn't wish on anybody. I could not put two sentences together during that period of time. Uh, but that passed, thankfully, and uh, I'm just tired now. I'm experiencing fatigue. But other than that, I'm trying to get back on the horse and getting a lot of sleep. And uh, Vitamins, vitamins. Vitamins, or as Keith goes, vitamins. vitamins you know, that's yes. very Lots important. Lots of vitamins. Pronounce it the way it should be pronounced. Mm-hmm. You know, and uh, well, a lot of people go through brain fog, isn't that right, Vicky? Yeah, all the time. Piss <laughs> 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 off, Keith. <laughs> I do get brain fog. It's called fibro. <laughs> as, is that as opposed to Phineas fog? From oh uh, God. Uh, days you know i try to get brain fog when i see his little whatever he's done put on instagram and the in the podcast pages at my expense Uh, (laughs) (laughs) well we've Uh, we've updated our pictures on our on our front page on our oh god that was funny Oh God! Which one are we talking about? Oh, it's on the the, 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 the ww page yeah, www.llpodcast.com. Oh, and remember to sign up for our our newsletter, people. <laughs> Put that plug it. in there, Keith. <laughs> Do it in the announcers. Voice. Now sign up for our newsletter. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> <Well>. <laughs> really good. 
Well, you didn't tell me what you're but up to. But that's me. So what am I up to? So what am I up to? So I'm getting back on the horse and uh, getting, I took a few weeks off from school. Uh, I am now back on the schoolwork again, uh, looking forward. Uh, I may be doing a couple of guest lecture shots at a local university online this semester. I'm trying to get that, you know, uh, trying to get that finalized as as a guest lecturer. And then uh, hopefully I'll be doing some teaching assistant or adjunct work starting in the summer. All right. And we'll see what happens other than that. Is that going to be in person? Or... No, it's all virtual. Oh, except there's one job I did apply for. I don't know whether I'm going to be called, but uh, in Boca, which is uh, near where I live, and uh-huh. that would be in person if they decided to take me. And that is like it's a short drive from where I am, so I wouldn't mind. And uh, you know, we'll see what happens. I'm, uh, right. But I'm but I'm not killing myself right nope. now. I've got to get worry over about it. it for a while. I've got to get over this. You know. Yeah, I mean, take your you know, time. Get healthy. Thank you. Thank you. Much appreciated. What about you, my liege? What have you been up to? (laughs) Uh, Well, um, I've been watching. I'm up to date with Money Heist or Casa de de Papel, um, which is a Spanish series, which on Netflix, and I urge everyone to see it. It's one of the most. Which one is it? um, Money Heist. Um, It's the most watched show ever on Netflix with over a billion people who have seen it so far. Um, It is their it's made so much money for them and it's such an the last seasons um should be out later on this year how did they let this so, one get by me isaac's never seen it i mean I, i've watched i watched it i was up to about season right three. isaac so, like it but, yeah we watched it from the beginning again and I, I mean i was in love with it really? all over again it's exciting so that's really good i urge people to watch that it's about rising up against politics about the resistance Uh-oh. resist it's very it's very interesting and the thing is you think you think that um it's a plain old money heist but but it's so much more than that so that's really good and then um i started watching on disney plus a show called wandavision which is from the marvel and it's quite interesting i mean the the first yeah i'm not familiar with i'm not a big fan of marvel i'm more of a dc comic kind of guy me too me too but um it's quite interesting um there's something askew going on and it, and from what I can understand, I've seen there's three episodes. I think the fourth one's on a popular set right. this weekend, but they're stuck in like a TV show. And the first one's done like bewitched. Really? And, yeah. And, 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 and like the black and white and, and then, um, and then it's like done like a 1950s, 1960s type of TV show. And then the, the third episode, um, something happens and they find everything going into color and they're a bit freaked out, but now they find themselves into like a 1970s Brady Bunch. Show. That's on Disney, right? Because I saw, I saw that, that they put out something for Marvel oh, and I love Marvel comics. Interesting. So I just kind of mm-hmm. cruised right past that one. On Saturday Night Live, a long, a long time ago, they had a skit and I think it was with Ricky Nelson was the, was the guest starring and he wound up in um, it was a, a similar kind of thing that he kept he kept traveling to different sitcoms in different in 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 different periods, and so he was in Ozzy and Harriet at once. Then he was in Father Knows Best, and he didn't know how he got there. Oh no he way! Went to the Twilight Zone, and he didn't know how he got there. You know, and and, and he was going from one to the. So this sounds kind of sounds like that, but it's very interesting. Uh, I think it's a very interesting idea with the Wanda thing, Keith, huh? Yeah, I'm going to have to check it out. I never know what's, what's like, age-appropriate for Asher. Sometimes the, the, those kind of get a little 
Um, it's it's it's, it's pretty much age appropriate. There's nothing there's nothing um violent or gory yet. Um, so I'm, I'm, like, fe- I'm not going to let him watch of- the boys. <laughs> no, the, boy, the, the boys are quite, uh, quite very adult themed. Um, but um, I'm intrigued by it. Let's put it that way. So I'm not sure, I'm not sure what's going on. But I've said before, I didn't watch any of the Marvel films or anything like that. And apparently, it's a continuation. I thought you liked Marvel of- comics. No, nah, I'm a Spider-Man fan, but right. You know, but after like three versions of the first Spider-Man, yeah, out, I like, was, five, yeah. ten years. Yeah, I agree with that. They've kind of overdone chat. Spider-Man. I love the Wonder Woman. Um, I was DC. I couldn't stand. That's DC. Uh, is that DC or Wonder? DC, no, Wonder Woman. Is, no, Wonder no, Wonder no, Woman is DC. Wonder Woman. It is. is DC, yeah. yeah, I love all them though. I think I think she's. They've done really good with Wonder Woman. I, I, I hated. Yeah, the, I hated the. Yeah. Didn't see the last top, one yet. But you can never top Linda Carter. I'm sorry. No, I know. She's always <laughs> going to be the Wonder Woman, you know. You know what it, you know what it is is because she was, she was so personable and the thing is you felt like you could be her best friend. You just, everybody's dream. Everybody's yeah. dream. Yeah. She was, I mean she was and I mean to be honest, how she's she still gorgeous. Out, running around with be- before tit tape and she still stayed in that outfit is beyond me. But hey. I don't know how she did it. She must have had that shit glued on. I don't know. <laughs> it had to be glued she, somehow. She wasn't some soft porn, uh, as I remember before when, when she, she was. was? Yeah, she no, was. she was a Miss America. Oh, well, she was Miss America, but Miss before America. then. When oh, she that's was... the other one you're thinking of. Oh, um, you're thinking about Vanessa Williams. Vanessa oh, Williams. okay. Okay. Yeah. okay. But, um, yeah. but yeah, I, I watched the 1984 one. It's okay. Yeah. Um, I don't, Watched the previous one of Wonder I didn't Woman, see it yet. and it was it, it was okay. I mean, my only problem is is that I think with Wonder Woman, I think when you when you're spoiled by the TV show, even though it was cheesy, the TV right. show, but she, when you know she was di- when she was Dinah Prince, and when when she turned into Wonder Woman, sort of thing. But there's something very very likable about her. It's like you you wanted to be her best friend, and I think that with this Wonder well, Woman, she looked like, so wholesome and girl next doorish, even with the you know. Yeah, well, and, and, this, and this woman is lacking. Is lacking that kind of, you know, you that is lacking that kind of. You want to identify with her. Personable. I mean, with Batman. Well, the Batman one, you can you know identify with Batman. I always had problems with Spider Man. I mean, Superman. Anyway, I thought. I thought for me, for Superman, it's like. You know, if you're Superman, just get rid of all the kryptonite and you'll be fine. But yeah. you know, it's like that's, the his, that's his only Nick. There's always a small bit of kryptonite wherever you go. I know. And it's always like clear that it has it. But- when I was a kid, that one of the first words, and I didn't know how to pronounce it, and I pronounced it kryptonite instead of <laughs> kryptonite, which because uh, you pronounce things the way you see them. Uh, right. but I was going to say about Linda Carter that she was in the recent DC Supergirl. She portrayed the the alien president. The president. Really? Discovered she was an alien, and it was an interesting. She's song. still beautiful to this day. She's aged like fine wine. That woman has. Oh, she's yes, a good singer as well, though. That's she's, interesting. She's, she's had a couple that. albums out as well. Oh, so. that. That's interesting. Well, I didn't know Christopher Lee did heavy metal album until Joe told us the other day. Joe or told me I didn't know he did all that stuff. Well, he or did opera it, yeah. too. He had a beautiful operatic voice, Christopher Lee. Yeah, I saw, beautiful. and there were, I was listening to one of the Facebook mm-hmm. groups that. And they were talking about it in there too. Christopher Lee had he did a rock album. He did all kinds uh, of stuff. Oh, I had no clue. Oh, like this William guy Shatner, did. <laughs> huh? <laughs> like William Shatner albums. William Uh-oh. Shatner, no, no, no. Leonard no. Nimoy, oh, no, God. Bilbo Baggins. Oh my God, that song, Bilbo Baggins. Don't ever get high and listen to that song. You will never be the same. <laughs> <laughs> to be honest, though, the last William Shatner albums have been really good because they, he's had people like um, Joe Jackson and Ben Folds and um, 
and pulp and people like that backing them and they've done a really good job with them i, I quite enjoyed them so, really but, um, i've heard some of them where he's talking i saw the video he's got a cigarette and he's just uh, talking through a song when he's doing macarthur park or something yeah. like that <laughs> <laughs> I mean, MacArthur Park is probably one of the worst lyrical songs ever. I mean, someone left the cake out in the rain and took so long to bake it. I don't know if I can make that recipe again. Whoa. <laughs> <laughs> Not the most intelligent lyrics. <laughs> I think, okay, I think it was Richard Harris that had a hit with that song oh, to begin God. with before Donna Summers turned into a disco hit. But, yeah. Um, yeah. Other than that, um, I started watching the 90s Showtime show Queer as Folk again, which is it still lives up. It's quite a fun show to watch. So, right. A lot of sex, but it's good. Yeah, well, can't have enough sex. And- I've been catching up on reruns of My Favorite Martian, actually, myself, which I thought was really well written, you know, at the time they did it. And, uh, you know, I'm very retro right now. L.A. Law, I just started watching, which I never saw. Uh, I still can't believe Susan Day has gotten, you know, I mean, I'm used to her from the Partridge family. And uh, that's uh, it's a completely, completely, uh, frankly, I, you know, well, I don't know. There must be L.A. Law fans out there, so I don't want to say anything. There's always L.A. Law fans. Yeah. But but I don't know, uh, you know I, I don't know. They're, but it lasted for seven years. So what the heck, you know? I mean, there must have been something to it. Some of those eighty shows didn't age well as well. Uh, I think I was watching. What was one of those eighty shows I was trying to rewatch and I just couldn't. Oh, Moonlighting doesn't hold up at all. I loved it in college. Where can, where can you get that now? On uh, do they have that yet on IMDb? Because they're getting a lot of good shows on IMDb, by the way. Mm-hmm. Uh, they, the, meaning the whole the whole run. Of the shows, rather than a couple of seasons, who cares? I kind of watch them through an app on my Xbox, so I'm not sure how I'm not sure how legal it is, but it's I still get them. So hey, hey. Um, and I I think I watched a couple of Miami Vice, and they didn't hold up very well either. So (laughs) okay, I love Miami Vice. I still love them boys to this day. (laughs) But I I, I've been doing other than Asher's new bike and BMXing. What did I watch? Oh, I'm in my I'm into my phase of serial killers. I watched the Henry Lee Lucas um, documentary, and it, that's it's in parts. But oh my god, I didn't even know how much he was hanging out in North Texas. You know where he deposited bodies, literally all over the place around here. And then I watched the Night Stalker. People were freaking out about that about Ramirez. And oh yeah, the new Night Stalker or the yeah. old one? It's the it's a Stalker. it's a series about the Night Stalker. You know, oh, the, the serial the serial killer Night Stalker. And I noticed oh. that a lot of people that watched American Horror Story did not know that Ramirez was an actual serial killer, which I kind of thought that was kind of funny because they're wow. y'all young. They don't, you know. I wow. Like this. Wow. But <laughs> I watched Whoa. Plan Nine from Outer Space in its entirety. I actually did it. Oh. <laughs> if you like the shower curtains uh, oh my god poor Bella Lugosi I'm glad his part was really minuscule I think he, he died in the middle of making that so he died in the beginning he died in the beginning well his wife's chiropractor played his part that's right, <laughs> that's oh, why my that's right. We, oh my god that's why like right. the chiropractor's like six foot and I think like Bella Lugosi was something, like five right. foot nine or something oh my god Ed Wood though I mean you got I mean like Glenn or Glenda all of them are just just I, I can't, I just can't stop watching them sometimes when they, I, I get on to tear and I'll 
Do you know it. something? You gotta you gotta hand it to him though. I mean, to he made such bad movies. I don't think he ever made a good one, but mm-hmm. he still was able to get them financed. I mean, you, gotta, you know, he you gotta did, but I mean it's him. such a cult thing now, you know, it's almost like a racer head. If you know Edward was around, he would love to racer head. I still well, don't understand what I watched. Well, if you think of the fact, it was really kind of brilliant. He had the cups and saucers as the flying saucers in Plan 9 from Out of Space. Those were, those were teacups. Yeah, and, you couldn't almost he, see those strings. Got- <laughs> 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 I was like, there goes one. But yeah. uh, what else? Oh, I've been still, I've been watching. I'm up to episode six. I didn't, don't think they, re- they did episode seven of the new stand on CBS All Access. Even though I'm not getting it on CBS All Access, but um, and I've been keeping up with most of the stuff on uh, Discovery of Witches on Netflix. I'm really liking that. And then there was that really graphic one I watched that because the horror fans were all talking about it was that Serbian film, not for the faint of heart. <laughs> all I'm going to say about that. But other than that, just doing that family thing, waiting for spring to come and tornado season. But oh, that's I, hear I hear you. You know, Robin Williams, actually, we, we've been watching a whole bunch of, uh, we've been binging on Robin Williams movies. And they, they I actually, loved all of his movies. He did a couple of sci-fi. He did a movie called The Final Cut, which. Oh, that's uh, really good. Unbelievable. I was very impressed. I really was. I he mean, was a good, know. he was a very well studied actor, regardless of his, his comedy. I mean, very look at, um, was it Good Morning Vietnam? That was mostly ad lib, that script. He that was that. wonderful. Yeah. That but was the, wonderful. the thing about Robin Williams, he was good if he had a director who could control him. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. if, if he, otherwise, he, like, you know, like, otherwise he'll go into a shtick. And sometimes yeah. that, like, I think it was Dead Poets Society. It's like, you're watching, it's like, God, he's really good. And all of a sudden he starts going into a John Wayne shtick and all the other the, stuff. And it's like, oh, my God, just pull back a little bit. They they interviewed one. There's there's a biography of him, which we saw on uh, Amazon Prime, I believe. And it's called Robin's Song. It's either on Amazon Ugh. Prime or Netflix. It's just so heartbreaking. It's, it's, it's just it's terrible. God, it, no, it, came out this, it came out last year. And it talked about his final. And, of course, he passed from Louie Body Dementia. And mm. nobody knew about it when he died. Nobody knew that he passed from that. They, they figured that out in the autopsy. And um, they were talking, and, and the director of one of his last films, I don't remember, uh, it, may, it may have been uh, Night at the Museum 3, uh, but, the, but the director said, that, well, this was somebody you had to, when he was in the mood, you just had to give him his head, you had to let him go. And then you did what you needed to do, you edited what you had to take out. But, but his attitude was, don't control the guy. Because if you try to control the guy, forget about it. You're not going to yeah. get anything. It was, that was the way. But but we binge. So that's so that's another that's another suggestion that I have. If anybody has to stick home with all this nonsense, mm-hmm. binge Robin Williams movies, especially Awakenings, which was such a wonderful movie. Oh God, uh, about you know uh, about him playing a doctor in. Uh, in the Bronx hospital and he comes upon El Dopa uh, to, uh, to alleviate patients who have been in catatonic comas for years. It's a wonderful movie. It really is. I loved him in the dead poet society and yep, uh, was yep, a goodwill hunting. Sure. Oh my God. Goodwill hunting is another. He, well, he, he, oh, God, my favorite awesome. is the, the world according to Garp. Oh, I know. Movie. I love mm-hmm. it. Cloris mm-hmm. Leachman was in that. Mm-hmm. Rest and her. Cloris Leachman soul. just passed away too. She just yeah, passed that's away. another loss for, 
Cicely Tyson passed away. Just you know, just passed away. I always think of her as um, fraud. You say it. From no. what was her name? Oh, uh, and Young Frankenstein. Young Frankenstein. Rob Luther. Yeah. <laughs> she was just that. That was probably one of the funniest movies I've ever seen. I could still watch it. Oh yeah. Okay. I mean, she worked until the, I mean, she worked up until the day she won as well. I mean, she was in um, American Gods. Yeah. First season. She's in the third season. Give her a lot of credit. Dick Van Dyke is still around, thank God. Let's hope he he sticks around. I think he'll he'll still be alive unless he does his Cockney accent. That might be the death of him. (laughs) (laughs) I jolly holiday with Mary. (laughs) Hello, Mary. Tobolly holiday, isn't it? (laughs) It's a jolly holiday with Mary, it is. That's all, that's all we need. Chim chim tray. That's right. That's what we got to do. And everyone everyone in England always cringes. I bet. <laughs> and I gotta, yeah, they do. And I got to say for the local New York fans, uh, and I just heard Sonny Fox, who was known in the 60s as being a child talk show, a child, a kiddie show host. And it was marvelous. And he did Wonderama and uh, Just for Fun. I remember growing up on those when I was a kid. He just he just died at 96 of COVID-related issues. And uh, so may he rest in peace. But uh, he was a marvelous guy. He contributed a hell of a lot to the industry. And he became a director later on. He started The Tomorrow Show, actually, with Tom Snyder. Uh, he was a very, uh, he was VP of children's programming, I think, at one of the networks for a while. He was a very sharp cookie. Uh, so it is what it is. No, it certainly is. Okay, we're now going to cut into the wash with our very own soap announcer. So take it away. Welcome to the Literary License Podcast Retrospective of Soap. And this month on Soap, we learn that Jody checks into the hospital for a sex change operation, meets Barty Gerber, a heart patient in the next bed, receives an offer from Nurse Nancy to cure Jody of his desire to be a woman. Bert tells his therapist about how and why he killed Mary's first husband, Johnny Dallas. The therapist reassures Bert that it was self-defense and not murder. Jody is visited by Dennis, Corinne, Eunice, Benson, and Danny in disguise in the hospital. Corinne tells Jody that she's in love with Father Tim. Mary and Jessica meet for lunch where they happen to see Chester and Claire kissing. Jessica and Mary conclude that there's a curse on the family. Danny's pursued by the Godfather to the Campbell House, but Danny's rabbi disguise fools them. Bert is finally cured of his impotency after his therapy session, but Mary is too overwhelmed by the family's other problems to get in the mood. Father Tim asks God what he should do about Corinne. Jody attempts suicide after Dennis backs out of his relationship with him, but Barney tries to cheer him up with his views of his unpredictability of happiness. Bert and Mary are both nervous about their first sexual encounter in six months. 
Jody promises that he won't try again to commit suicide after the hospital calls the Campbells about his suicide attempts, and he abandons the sex change operation. Corinne tells Peter that she'll kill him if she ever catches him cheating. Jessica fronts Chester about his affair with Claire, admits to having had an affair of her own when Chester won't take her seriously, walks out on Chester when he flatly denies ever having been unfaithful. Jessica, Jessica comes home after staying out all night, warns Chester that she won't tolerate any further infidelity. Jody checks out of the hospital, is corralled by Nurse Nancy into going on a date, says goodbye to Barney with a promise of staying in touch. Jessica visits Peter and catches Mrs. Fane hiding in the bathroom, again threatens to kill Peter for cheating on Corinne. Bert gives Jody advice about his date with Nurse Nancy. Corinne tells Father Tim that she has caught Peter with another woman. Peter is murdered by an unseen assailant. Bert and Mary finally get their sex life going again, but Bert finds Peter dead in the shower the next morning. The Tates and the Campbells are informed by Chief of Police Tinkler, who occasionally misrefers to himself as Peace of Khalif Tinkler, that they are all suspects in Peter's murder. Jody reveals they didn't go out with Nurse Nancy after all. Chester finally realizes that it feels like to be cheated on, learning that Jessica's affair had been with Peter. The Tates and the Campbells speculate about which of them murdered Peter. Eunice tells Congressman McCallum that he is her alibi for the night of the murder, is almost caught by McCallum's alcoholic wife Marilyn with the congressman in the bathroom. Corinne is arrested by Chief Tinkler for the murder of Peter. Corinne is taken to jail. Bert tries to recreate the scene of Peter's murder. Danny, tired of running from the mob, plans to confront Mr. Lafferwich, the crime kingpin. Randolph and Ingrid, the brother of Jessica Tate and Mary Campbell, and his pal Amour, respectively learn of Corinne's arrest. Danny breaks into Lefferwich's house and meets his sex-starved daughter, Elaine. Jody is given motherly advice by Mary about rebuilding his life. Tinkler is surprised at Ingrid's appearance at the jail and surprises further to learn that she is Corinne's real mother. Corinne is visited by Jessica. Chester and Ingrid is devastated to learn that Ingrid is their natural mother. Burke continues to examine the evidence about Peter's murder. Danny decides to no longer live his life in disguise. The Campbells are integrated by Heinrich Himmler, a private detective hired by Ingrid. Mary explains what, about Randolph and Ingrid, and Jessica blames herself for all the family's problems, is arrested after evidence found clears Corinne and implicates her. And that and more on our episode of Soap. <laughs> Okay, welcome back to the rinse cycle of our show where we just don't make me laugh. What? Stop. I'm laughing Cut already. It. What'd you do? I'm laughing already. Okay. Welcome back to the rinse cycle where we discuss the good, the bad, and the downright comedy and drama of soap. So, Tom, what'd you think about these episodes? I thought the writing was brilliant. I mean, I really did. I, I mean, I mean, I was the, the the first thing I want to bring up, and I can't help the parallels to Dark Shadows for those people who have never watched Dark Shadows that are listening to this and saying, well, what kind of parallels can there be between uh, a show that 
that makes parodies of normal soap operas and Dark Shadows, which was a very campy attempt to put vampires, werewolves, and everything. But uh, for for one thing, Sheriff um, what was Tinkler. her name? what was his name? Sheriff Clinker, Sheriff Tinkler, uh, Sheriff Tinkler, Sheriff Tinkler. Sheriff Tinkler has got to be a direct, has got to be a distant relative to Sheriff Patterson on Dark Shadows for those people who, because if you were, because neither of them could really solve cases. And, and, and and, and I think, and, and, and that really, you could have put, you could have put Dana Elkar in, in Sheriff Tinkler's role. And I think he would have, he, he would have been the same way, but I mean, can you, can you imagine that's episode 13, uh, where they're, (laughs) Where where they've got where everybody everybody is suspect for the murder of uh, that guy that was that was fooling around on Corinne and had the affair Peter Peter Campbell Peter, Peter Campbell, Campbell. Yeah. yeah and so he's like everybody I mean for God's sakes you you could have a have a seventh grade kid come on and say I think everybody did it that's the kind of job that he did uh, but it was really hilarious and that, that was that, one of the funniest episodes. Because they were, you know, they were singling out Benson. He goes, well, you've not only are you black, but you're the butler. So the <laughs> butler always did it, <laughs> you know. It was very, it was very funny. The funny thing was, is that on YouTube, you could get every episode on YouTube except that one. It was banned in the U.S. And I, I think because no it was probably people thought that maybe it was too, you know, out there racially. And then they were saying the word homosexual. You're not allowed to say that anymore, I guess. But I mean, let's face it, he was singling out Jody because, you know, he was a homosexual that might have been in love with Peter and he was spurned Uh or something. Uh And then you have the the black butler. So, you know, which I thought was hysterical. But, you know, think of the time you couldn't probably get away with it now, but it was hysterical. But, you know, know, the funny thing about it, about this is with comedy, I think that comedy should always have free reign. And especially in something like soap. To be honest, you know, whether it's the sex change operation or some of the other stuff that we had, they are hitting some serious topics right. at the at a time when these topics were taboo on television. Right. That's right. And they do and they do it with humor, yeah. but they with but with the humor with with the humor comes empathy. And with yes. the empathy comes understanding, and with the understanding comes these heart wrenching you know, you're laughing and all of a sudden, like, you know, we get it with like Jody is gonna have a sex he's gonna have a sex change operation, and no one's making fun of him have a sex change. They're making fun of the people who weren't able to understand it. They're right. the ones that making that, that's who they're making fun of. Not Jody having a sex change of the people who co- didn't understand it. Like Bert. And as they as they come to an understanding of it, then what you have is, is then when um, Jody gets spurned by his boyfriend and said so the boyfriend, yeah. you know, he's going to marry a, a girl because right. he's a big football he's player. A football player. Right, yeah. right. And then Jody decides to commit suicide. And then what you get is you're laughing and not about Jody's suicide, but you get, you know, Barney Gerber in there talking about the pursuit of happiness. And he it's did like so your heart well breaks. In those episodes. I love him. That was, that was such know? a and, well and that's what the show yeah. is so fantastic about. It's like you're laughing. It's, it, and I mean, this is Susan Harris. But, I it's mean, bitter, but it's bittersweet at the same time. Yeah. But I mean, we got to give kudos to Susan Harris. I mean, she did this. Golden Girls is another yeah. an, another example of another one of her shows that right. she did, and Empty Nest, of course. And her shows is like you know they hit. She hits hard 
topics all the time but with humor and understanding and empathy yeah because you did empathize with jody you know you kind of forgot that he was gay and this is just a human being that's confused and hurt and was going to donate everything of his life to change for somebody else he loved and that person you know probably didn't deserve him anyway and jody probably was the first gay character on american television i honestly can't remember well now archie bunker had one of his his friends on. It he was, was a Mike's, big early guy. It was Mike's. Uh, was it? Was it? Was it related to Mike? He was. He was a friend like of Archie's that he knew a long time ago, oh, and he yeah. was like a big union man. But mm-hmm. he was gay, and Archie yeah. just kind of lost it over that. But I yeah. do remember that. Yeah, right? but but yeah. but this is this is a main character. Yeah, this wasn't someone yeah. in for like an episode of the week or something like that. Right. Main so I mean, it was quite a stand forward um, for his time. It is. It is. But well, then, even would, yeah. but then, even if you look at the jokes on that made at Benson's expense, Benson always has the last word and the last oh, yeah. laugh. Yeah. So. Benson always has one up on them, being the only black butler on the show, and he really is one of the. When you think about it, you know how he is towards Jessica. He really actually cares about her, and yep, he's always absolutely. busting Tate's balls all the well, time so the kid, because he's he cheating on her. You know, but while we're at it, you talk about Barney Gerber, who was played by Harold Gould, and and Harold Gould gave a great performance. Yes, he did. Uh, with you know, and uh, and this was uh, there were actually two characters that kind of parodied the Jewish experience, and Barney Gerber was one of them. And Barney portrays the older, wiser Jewish guy who has gone through the ironies of life, which is so in, endemic to the Jewish experience, and he talks about. The fact that you know that he's had a few wives and they've all and they've all died on him, and uh, how he's and, and he relates the story uh, in a beautiful in a beautiful dialogue mm-hmm. or more of a monologue really with really, uh, yeah with uh, uh, yeah with Jody as to you know getting over it when he says and one you know you 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 you're so and one day you decide to smile. Yeah. I don't know why you're smiling. But he also has empathy and he's an older person back in the seventies and he doesn't care that Jody's a he accepted him. He accepted him completely. And in fact, that was what helped Jody to pull through because yeah. of, you know, Jody, Jody Somebody tells said him. the right things to him in his biggest time of need, which is, you know, but then on the other hand, you have all the family coming in. You got Danny coming in as who was he? The Sheik. The rabbi, That's what right. else did he come in? And then you had what he was this poor guy, Mr. Gerber's watching this family come in and they're all batshit crazy, <laughs> you know? <laughs> and then you got uh, Eunice, who's having a fling with the congressman, you know, and they're yep. just all yep. nuts. And he's like totally taking all this in and enjoying every minute of it. This is probably the best six weeks of his life when Jody moved into that room with him because he, <laughs> because he was for there sure. for heart problems. Kind of hope because they did. He did. They did exchange phone numbers on the toilet paper as they were yeah. leaving. So hopefully they will keep in touch. Uh, the other Jewish portrayal was, uh, as you mentioned, Danny uh, as as the Orthodox Jewish rabbi. I kept thinking of you every time he talked. Thank you very much. <laughs> this is the thing you gotta remember when you are talking yeah. like this you know and, and, and he was trying to do at least i can do that a lot better than him i uh, my grandmother i love danny i think he's a riot but i talk like this this is my grandmother this is what you're mm-hmm. listening to but anyway he was also and it was and it was a great scene between bert is like here's the money you know we you know we, we know you're looking for trees in israel here's the money it was it was <laughs> hilarious they managed somehow to pull that off without it being anti-semitic 
Right. Uh, and, and, and I think that that was that's that's emblematic or symptomatic of excellent writing. She was she was really smart. Susan Harris was. I mean, anything yeah. she, she wrote was gold, basically. At least my opinion. And, and a woman and, and, and women working in Hollywood in the 70s. Yeah. Must have not been easy either. No. But, and it was a hit yeah. show. But what was brilliant about that, and, and getting back to the Jews, so here you had two sides of the Jewish experience. The Barney Gerber's wise, sad, but I've learned something because God tests us Jewish experience, which is more, which is the humane, and that balances out the orthodox. What do you think I'm here for? I'm here for a little money. Give me a little money. And that's the more mm-hmm. comedic. Uh, well, the funny thing is he starts going on his tirade. So then people don't want to even question who he is anymore. They just want to get away from him. Exactly. You know? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> like Himmel, like Heinrich Himmel. <laughs> the, the, oh, the William, Daniel, guy. William Daniels. Oh, I, I was surprised when I saw William Daniels, who played the uh, German guy from St. Elsewhere. Yeah. Oh, my God. That was just hysterical, too. That but was he, was, sur- he was also getting engaged in. He was engaging on, you know, the black butler and the homosexual, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, and then Bert, you know, because Bert, I mean, I, he is the funniest thing on that. I mean, I can't stop laughing at him. He always is so nervous and well, gets he, so no, upset. He's, he's and he's trying Caesar to figure guy. out who killed his son, you know, and then he starts at the very end to start thinking he's invisible. <laughs> I mean, our, our listeners should actually listen to the Jennifer Salt interview that we did with her. Yeah, she said that maybe we should when, when you it. when you worked with him, it was really difficult yeah. because you never knew what he was going to do. Right. Yeah, and you right. had and you had, it's like it's like if you if you had a scene with him, you just had to be fasten your seatbelts and you just had to go with it. Sort yeah. Of thing. And he would make people laugh a lot. There were several takes, I believe she said, because it's sort of like, you know, Harvey Corman and Tim Conway, they just let him roll and they just, you laugh because of their laughing, you know, that's the kind of humor people need these days, really. I'm actually surprised in soap that there's not a lot more corpsing going on. And corpsing is basically where people are trying not to laugh because it must have been laughter. They got the canned laughter. They got the canned though. laughter, but I'm talking about like if you're if you're filming something and then something goes off and, and all the other actors have to make sure that they look they, they right. stay in character and not not bright character. Well, they did, and it must have been very, yeah. very very hard at times. They did. I would have had to been difficult. I mean, just I, if you had to work with Bert's character, I mean, I mean, I laugh just watching him get upset, like when he can finally have sex again and then she can't <laughs> because she's too upset. Because Bert was, uh, just for people who don't remember, Bert killed Mary's husband by accident, technically, and he couldn't, you know, have sex with her because he was all worked up about that. Then he found out it really wasn't his fault, so Bert could have sex again. But when they finally can have sex, something happens, and they can't have sex, or she's not in the mood. (laughs) What was it that put her out of the mood? I can't remember now. Well, they finally, well, I think they finally did have. Uh, a, oh, yeah. And they wanted to have a celebration. He wanted to have a party. And she was like, Bert, you can't tell everybody what the party's for. That's right. That's right. That's when he finds out he wants to go invite Peter over. And that's when he finds out that he was bludgeoned, shot, strangled. What else? Bludgeoned, Ab. shot, strangled. Yeah. Stabbed. And they kept in that order. Blud- no, bludgeoned was the last one. There were five of them. I remember that. So, so Bert decides to recreate this the scene with uh, the bathtub. He brings it over to the house in pieces, and he yeah. starts shooting, stabbing, bludgeoning, and whatever That's he's right, doing yeah. in his basement. Which he's already up the eventually. amateur cop. 
Um, the, you know, the other thing, I thought it was a very interesting conversation between Jessica and the sister about the family being cursed. Cursed, yeah. And so they're talking about, you know, the, the self idea of the, of, of the, of this, of the curse is that here you got a family that everybody's having affairs with everybody else mm-hmm. and somebody murdered somebody. And that's their idea of a family curse going again to dark shadows where the curse on dark shadows are the vampires, werewolves and, and, and so forth. And, and, you know, so, but what, the, what I think it does show is that the idea of a family being cursed is an, is endemic to the soap opera experience. Well, if you watch any soap operas like General Hospital, you're in the restless, all that. You could say, I mean, it's just it's just human trials and just getting through life without even did they ever talk about Falcon Crest not landing? I know, (laughs) it's just all drama. (laughs) Did they ever verbalize it the way they did it on soap? The 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 family being Well, they're making fun of it though, too. Right. But they but they talk about it, and that's my point. And they did the same thing on Dark Shadows. But the point is, is that the are they are two different kinds of family curses. And it brought that to mind that the, that the curse is really a very uh, ubiquitous thing. I mean, it happens in all the soap operas, mm-hmm. and uh, it's just the way soap handles it is to make fun of it. The way Dark Shadows handled it was to to make it really pseudo serious, and and people got a kick out of that too. Um, but uh, but nonetheless, and I'm sure that was accidental. Uh, but but nonetheless, there's a lot of uh, good stuff. To, and of course, Ingrid Svensson gives oh God, me opportunity Ingrid. to do my. I love her. She's such a wise ass. <laughs> I don't do that very often. But on him, from Farmer's Daughter, remember Farmer's Daughter in sixties with Ingrid Stevens. Yeah. So that was a, that was really something. And then we have Father Tim. Because that was like on Days of Our Life. He had characters that were in love with the priest and they, you know, get it on. They realize, no, I can't be with you anymore. So they're really making fun of that one. And stuff with Corinne. And, and was that Father Tim decides to leave Corinne or leave right. because he's going on a religious retreat to get away from her, mm-hmm, you know, mm-hmm. because she's like the, the bane of his existence at this point. Because Corinne is really pretty. She really is. They all are. I mean, for God's sakes. I mean, oh, yeah. Everybody, all, there were, all the women were attractive on this show. Still can't get over Jessica. I mean, she's, you know, I mean, she wasn't a young woman, but but she's really sexy. She had a young man in her life for a long time. God love her. Well, she went on for, she went from this to like, who's the boss, didn't she? She was on that. Yes. Yeah. And then she's, then she's in a fantastic movie with Lucas Haas called Woman, the Lady in White. Which is a fantastic ghost story that I. Oh, really? I've never heard of that. That was made. That Stoker did that. Nope, it's an original story, but it was um, it was made. um, It's an independent film that was made in upstate New York. Oh, really? Lady in White. Why haven't I heard of this? Yeah, with um, um, Len Carew's in it as well. Mm. Oh, Catherine Hellman. Mm. Yeah, fantastic. Watch I'm it. always looking for something different to watch. That's cool. Yeah. We'll probably be we'll probably be covering it in our podcast. Oh, okay. Year. Well, it's something I can look up. That's for sure. I've never heard of that one. Brilliant film. I actually thought that thirteen. The reason I thought thirteen was banned may have been because they were talking about the uh, about the soiree they had in the beginning of the episode. Bert and Mary. I think it was in the beginning of that episode, and they were talking about and they were talking about that because I can't believe that that was banned because of the. 
I really do. I'd have to look it up, but I really do think it was because of the racial. um, Yeah, it's probably the racial because you're not allowed to say stuff like that anymore. So you can't say a lot of stuff anymore. And and, and the thing is, if you take it out of con, and I imagine if you look at it out of context, Context. then it probably would, people would probably find it upsetting. But if you look at it in context, it's not upsetting. It's silly. It's on that episode is on Daily Motion, which mm-hmm. I was just joking with Keith because Motion in Britain is a bowel movement. So uh, <laughs> I can- like Daily Motion. I always find movies there that I can't otherwise find or pirate. So it's a much better uh, feed than Daily Motion, by the way. Also, it's it's almost perfect. You know, if you're looking at it, whereas in YouTube. It's kind of a poorer quality. Um, I mean, you can still look at it, but it's um, the the screen is enlarged. You're really not seeing the whole. You know, you're unable to see the entire screen that you would have in normal. But but in daily motion, you're able to see everything, and it's so clear and vibrant. Mm-hmm. It's really something. So, um, but that was the only episode from that block that was. On I daily. thought that was one of the funniest. That in sixteen mm-hmm. with Heinrich Himmel. I mean, every time uh-huh. that guy uh-huh. started talking, he goes, yeah, he goes, you spit a little bit every time you talk, <laughs> you know, but I mean, he was, he was just, that was a damn funny episode too, but I did notice, you know, um, Keith, what did you think about um, when Chester finally gets caught cheating and Jessica yeah. actually knows about it? And then he finally feels the same way after he finds out that she was screwing around with Peter. Do you think maybe Chester had his come up and he might behave himself in the future? <laughs> um, I think Chester, it, I mean, you know, we have a saying over here that uh, a um, hooker never changes her underwear. And I got a feeling <laughs> Chester is a bit like that. <laughs> Leopard doesn't change. Well, that's one way of putting it, I guess. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. A slapper never changes her knickers is what they say over here. Right. <laughs> but, um, but I, you know, I think Chester's always going to be like that. But the thing is, I mean, what was quite interesting is that thing where he deflects it, doesn't he? Because he, he's like the king of deflection. He just deflects everything. Off yeah. Him. Right. Right. And 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 the th- what I love about Jessica is that she always knows anyway. She always she always plays dumb, but she's not as dumb as everyone thinks she is ever. No. She's more she's more on the ball than most of the other characters on the show. But the way that she's the way she betrays it is very smart. Because then it's like you're mm-hmm. you're listening to her, and all of a sudden it's like she'll say something. It's like. Oh, she knows, you know what I mean? And yeah. all this other stuff, you know, so she refuses, you know, well, I mean, it says like in the beginning, you know, this is Jessica Tate, you know, she wants her life, you know, she wants her life to be a living musical. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> like that sort of thing. She wants to put, but she needs to dress it with flowers. Yeah. Yeah. But she always, I mean, she always looks for the bright side of things, you know. Cameron Hellman really does portray her well. Uh, the scene you're talking about, I mean, she was really hurt when yeah. she saw the two of them kissing in the restaurant yeah. uh, out in the open. And this, and Mary is the sister's right there trying to put her face her. in a plate so put she her. can't see across the room. But she's just now, but there is a kind of a little bit of a hypocrisy on both sides. I mean, Jessica's had the affair with the young guy. Right. Uh, he's having the affair. And then when they confront each other, but he is truly more of a hypocrite than she is. Uh, because he's playing along with it. Like, uh, you know, when she does tell him uh, about her affair, he's trying to make it seem like, how dare you? And how I know. You? That's what he means by deflecting. He, you know, mm-hmm. makes it sound like he's so prim and proper. He's he a hypocrite. Do it. Yeah. yeah. He's, such he, a, he's such a, 
idiot. He's a, he's <laughs> a hypocrite. But you have to sit there and say that all children are the same way. I mean, they're all they're all like screwing around. I mean, um, Elaine yep. does. Yep. Yeah, um, Elaine with a congressman, Corinne. Yeah, well, Corinne. I mean, they don't really, I, I might have missed this because I've since slept since the first few episodes. Did Corinne actually sleep with the priest or are they nah, just got, they got no. feelings? She's she's just chasing after him. But to be okay. honest, I mean, but she's supposed to be with Peter anyway. Right. She's still chasing after Tim, even Father Tim, even though she's supposed to be with, I know that Peter's sleeping around. Right. But at the same time, she's supposed to be with Peter in a committed relationship because she tells Peter, if you get caught sleeping around, they'll kill you. Yeah. But meanwhile, oh, everybody's she's still, gonna kill him. But, but she's still Peter's chasing after that, Father Tim, a, though, isn't she? So it's funny because like, Peter's got his bedroom. He's got a door here and a door out the other side of his bedroom. You know, <laughs> so yeah, everybody yeah. goes in and out like a you, you know. Got the shower there, and they use the shower. And then you got the shower. And he was very, having an affair very, with a blind woman and telling and everyone that it, like she was <laughs> <yeah>. tennis. <laughs> The, the oh, and who was the other woman he had an affair with? I recognize neither Mrs. Fine. Neither yeah, Talbot, Mrs. Fine, and she also she's just a New York accent, you know that. Yeah. Kind of thing. She, so she, you know she she doesn't the, look like one that wants to be spurned I, either. I think one of the funniest scenes when you talk about Burton and Sid Caesar when is when he's choking the puppet. Yeah. Uh, when he's when he's when he's because he's just so annoyed at the at the obnoxiousness, and then he finally buys it for so long. He's saying, "You're not real. This is this is my son's got an illness, and this puppet is not." But but he finally buys into it and treats the puppet like he's a real. Person. Well, I find it funny how they start accepting the puppet and they yeah. just start talking to him like he's a regular person, and, when and he's, he's a total <laughs> wise ass. <laughs> when he's choking him, the puppet, the puppet's head goes all the way up. He's like. Ah! I, know. I was I was so that was brilliant. It was hysterical. It was it was friggin' hysterical. And if the sheriff could only have caught him choking the puppet, he probably would have put he probably would have arrested him. <laughs> but you know why you know why Bob's annoying, don't you? He's the, right. speak, he's the only one speaking the truth. <laughs> well, also Benson. Benson also yeah. speaks the truth. Benson's uh, Benson, so nonchalant. He's and he's so good at being a wise ass. Just, I think yeah, Benson is more coming from the you know from the uh, you know I'm black, but I'm not so black, and I know what the hell's going on, and I'm very wise to this. I'm very very street smart, and I'm very very, very blah blah blah. But the but the puppet is just a uh, the puppet is just a is, is a is a prick. <laughs> Yeah, he really is. To be honest, really I, actually, I actually see I actually see myself in everyday life as Bob. Yeah. <laughs> I can I can honestly see you every time I talk to you. As I'm, Bob. I'm like the living incantation of Bob. I think I'm sure your colleagues always, always, always stating the obvious. Like really, sort of, but you know, but you know what? You know what's also great about the show? I mean, you know, is even when the even Sorry when they're not this, speaking. Guys. They always make sure that um, they're always doing a little bit of business. You know, all the actors are doing a little bit of something like when Bob and Chuck are reading. Right. Look, you know, it's like just little things like that are always going on as well. So it's not just, you know, it could work as a radio drama, but at the same time, it can, I mean, it's so visual to watch as well. And it's so, you know, humanistic as well. That's why I quite, that's what I like about soap. It's like you just, and I, can't say that there's never so far there has been an episode where I've actually just laughed or smiled all the way through it. Well, then we're also introduced to Randolph in episode 15. That's the brother of Jessica and Mary Campbell. I was, I was disappointed in him actually. I was expecting a little more out of that myself. Well, yeah. Okay. He, that was, uh, what was his name? 
Bernard Fox, is that who it is? Yeah, yeah. The one who played Randolph. Yeah, that yeah. was yeah. 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 I was expecting a little more out of I thought he was gonna get some some better lines, I guess, maybe. Well, you thought he was gonna be Dr. Bombay on the show, you know. Yeah, maybe a little bit. That, you know. Or something a bit more peculiar because I mean, even so because we were introduced to him, then we don't see him again up until you know, I don't know if we'll right. see him later. Yeah, we just but then, but then Mary te- then Mary tells us a story about their peculiar brother Randall, yeah. and it's like, yeah. well, he wasn't that peculiar. But they're not Ingrid supposed to peculiar. give details. Nine. Yeah, <laughs> a, no details. So I guess, I guess, uh, you know. So, so I mean, who knows? I mean, maybe we'll get more Randall in later episodes. But at the moment, maybe. it's like, well, he wasn't that peculiar. He's actually just typically English to me, yeah. sort of thing. Well, that would be peculiar to an American, probably, because you know. Yeah. Why is he speaking with an English accent when they're in, when they're in Connecticut? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but you know, but we do find out that you know now that Corinne is in jail, they read the paper, and now we find out. Here we go with the typical soap opera that Ingrid is really Corinne's mother, and they were married. Well, they weren't to get married because the peculiar brother was the father of Corinne. So everybody knows about this deep dark secret, except probably Bert. So the two sisters know about it, and the brother knows about it. And so she comes back, you know, and she wants to love on Corinne. It's like, who is this woman? And she finds out that she was adopted. And I guess when they send her away to Ecuador and she hates Ecuador, (laughs) they made her live in Ecuador. (laughs) I know. And she's like, yeah, it's a a, everything. Yeah, it's a paradise, you know, piranhas in the pool. (laughs) (laughs) Anacondas in the backyard. (laughs) She literally hates everything. And she goes, and I'm and I'm looking to get on um, um, bed sheets from Bloomingdale's. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, here she is. I, I can understand Corinne being so upset when you know when, when Ingrid comes over when Svensson comes over to I am your mother. You know now yeah. it's so good to see with you again after all these years. And she's like, huh? <laughs> I've got a Swedish. I got a mom with a Swedish accent. You know, I mean, I mean that that, that it does seem a little. Um, it, it seems a little um, weird, uh, to you know, to say the least. But it's a good. But it's very good comedic. It's very good comedic, and uh, and I think that was uh, done very well. And uh, she is so pissed off. Corinne is so pissed off at her parents for not letting her know. And um, and he said, so, "Well, we were trying to protect you. We didn't want yeah. you know, that kind of thing, which is so. Uh, there was such a lame excuse. We I mean, he said, and he said something like, well, we never thought you would find out.' Yeah, which is even well, more. There are of a people stuff. that don't want their kids to find out they're adopted. I'm really, well. I I think we also have to look at like in the seventies. I mean, this is before the court case. This is where the law changed. Were basically, you know." Now there's full disclosure now. Yeah. Back then, I mean, you know, if you adopted someone, the case files were closed and no yep. one could get you into them. You adopted them. them. That right. was it. Right. Yeah. But now, I mean, I guess it's kind of funny looking back at that. I guess you probably could have hit it, really, if you wanted to, because no one would have known. Right. Though if, though if you are raising your brother's child, I mean, eventually it probably would have come out anyway, you know. Yeah. I mean, I imagine Randolph probably would have showed up for a family funeral and then it would come out sooner or later. You know what I mean? Or someone would have needed a kidney, you know, yeah. something like that. <laughs> yeah. yeah, sort of thing. So that's I, we, usually I mean, what's also good is that we also get um, introduced to Dinah Manoff. Yes. Oh, my God. Well. Yeah. 
Yeah. That New York uh, accent was nice. Uh, uh, Did you interview her her recently, Keith? No, we will be interviewing. That interview will be up in the next, either this month or next month. Ah, okay. But but Diana Manoff, I mean, you know, know her from like Empty Nest, Greece. She played Marty in Greece and Uh she's, she was a big, she did a lot of Neil Simon stuff as well. (laughs) Maraschino, like cherry. She, she was, was cool. great in that and she was great in Greece, especially what was the, the name of the I can always forget him. The Johnny Fon not Johnny Fon. Was it Johnny Fontaine? Yeah, Johnny yeah. Fontaine. And he's just like a total child molester, you know? <laughs> I know. <laughs> oh my god, that was great. Well, I mean, was he? Because I mean, let's face it, when you watch Greece, they all look like they're in their thirties anyway. Well, they're supposed <laughs> to be kids in their senior year okay yeah but they all look like they're in their 30s i mean rizzo looked like <laughs> she was in her 50s <laughs> but i mean it's good to see elaine and i'm glad we're gonna be seeing more of her because she's yeah back. I mean, that, that role that this role because i mean i know what happens with her character and this yeah, character is, is a huge fantastic and it's it's, it's hugely funny <laughs> considering i skipped ahead yeah. by accident I totally forgot yeah, all these episodes. I mean, the the good thing about going back to seeing this is seeing how much the world has changed. Mm. You know, I don't even know if you could get away with this right now. I mean, could you, Do, you think? You the know, the thing is, are... I think that you could get away with it, really. I mean, the thing is, if people would lighten up a little bit. Right. And because, you know, I do think that soap, with some, some of the messages that we've seen so far, I think help progress the American ideals a lot pretty far you know and made things a little bit more sensible i mean you know i think you know homosexuality started becoming very acceptable and then of course the aids crisis happened in the yeah. 80s and that kind of set everything back again right, right but up until that point i mean you know you started seeing a lot more homosexualism hollywood started to make a couple more movies after mm-hmm. soap came out there's a couple tv movies of the week we had Robert Reed on Medical Center getting a sex change that yeah. came out after this. And, soap, Robert right after soap. Was, and Robert Reed was gay. Well, um, that yeah. sex change thing just started getting, you know, I think the way that they approached it with Jody, because that was starting to become a thing back then. You know, people yeah. starting to, you know, be able to, you know, live their life as they chose. I mean, you know, the, I think the AIDS crisis in the 80s set everything back. It did. A lot. Yeah. Ignorance and then, set yeah. back. And then, we, and then everything had to be re- yeah, and it had to be rebuilt after that. Rebooted. Yeah, yeah. But um, but I think you know, soap was you know part of the things that you know started that. I mean, I you know, soap's going to cover a lot a lot of different issues, whether it's you know diseases and stuff like this, and it yeah. did give people an understanding. And you know, and I think giving you know, even through humor is so. You know, Leo Rostin did that with Jewish humor uh, in the thirties uh-huh. and forties with his books specifically the education of Hyman Kaplan and the return of Hyman Kaplan. And I'm shocked that they never did a, any kind of movie on that. Hyman Kaplan was a, an immigrant that was attending a night school class. And he came up with these short stories. And Mr. Parkhill was the teacher, and he called him Mr. Parkhill, H-E-E-L. And the, and the Yiddish accent and the stories and everything um, were humor, th- you know, it was it was humor through handling, humor in describing these tragic situations that you could really make fun of. And that's why I think in this block, not with the Jewish, just, not just with the Jewish characters, but they were really trying to inject humor to explain 
challenging situations that they were going through at the time. And mm-hmm. to make that not more understandable to the TV audience, more em- get the TV audience to be more empath- empathetic and to accept the fact that this was a part of life, maybe not a part of life that they wanted to deal with uh, or face head on, but something that at least they had to be aware of. And I think Soap was brilliant in terms of doing that. You know, especially the anti-Semitic things, let's face it. Jews mm-hmm. have had their, you know, somebody asked, pre- presented a question to me the other day ago and seen as we're on this anti-Semitic, whatever, and how they, they, you know, were making, they're humanizing gays and Jewish people and everything else. They made that movie. Um, What was it called? Was it the Messiah? I think it was a Mel Gibson movie. And a lot of, someone asked me the other day, I watched it. It was like a Jesus snuff film. I've always thought because it was uh-huh. just brutal. And people are wondering if the directing and the writing was chosen that way to be, make you feel a little anti-Semitic when you left the theater hmm. because right. of all the brutal beating and everything else. And I kind of think it was kind of going that way. I don't know why I thought of that because it was just a really recent conversation. Well, on the other hand, uh, the movie Skokie, which was one of Danny Kaye's only serious roles, which came mm-hmm. out in the late 70s. It was a brilliant, brilliant movie uh, about the population of Skokie, Illinois, 40% mm-hmm. of which were Holocaust survivors. Right. And the chair of the, and this was based on a true incident, the local head of the American Nazi Party wanted to demonstrate in Skokie. Ah, it was yeah. About, yeah, and it was about the reaction of the community towards that. And you had the Anti-Defamation League, whose attitude was, leave, was ignore them and they'll go away. And you had Danny Kay, who was a concentration camp survivor with, a, with, with the numbers on his arm, mm-hmm. uh, who raised a, had a wife and a teenage daughter, and he had a small business there. And he was outraged because it had happened to him. He was, a concent- he was in the concentration camp. His, his family died there. Mm-hmm. He watched his mother die. And now this guy is going to come in and the, anti- the, the Anti-Defamation League is saying ignore them. And it was, it was a terrific, ter- you know, terrific uh, in terms of the JDL, the Jewish Defense League from way back when, who hears about them now. But back then they were a very big organization. Um, so I, so the brilliant, the beauty of soap is that while all these others, they well, they're humanizing with, people. Mm-hmm. 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 And then you're right well, with I mean, comedy and empathy. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, look at even birth empathy, impotency. I mean, they, they, they tackle that issue. What's that Keith? You didn't hear anything about that back then, day. That's for mm-hmm. sure. You didn't talk about things like that. Mm-hmm. That's right. Know? That's right. In, in a sense, it was what all in the family had its own sets of taboo breakers. And right. soap, apparently, that was before. But then soap, and, and all in the family was going on at the same time as soap. But then soap came on and tackled another set uh, of uh, taboo breakers uh, mm-hmm. in the in the in the soap opera setup, whereas all in the family was going after it from the standpoint of day to day and Archie's bigotry mm-hmm. and we're looking at everything through the eyes of Archie and all in the family who's the classical bigot, and we can laugh at, and we can laugh at the stupidity of the bigotry, of the bigotry, as Carol O'Connor portrayed it. So we're looking at it for all in the family, we're looking at it through one person. Soap, we're looking at it through the entire family and their interactions. And but the, everybody seems cool with it, like his cousins. They, they, they don't bat an eyelash at Jody getting a sex change, or they seem concerned about him. And, you know, like Eunice and, mm-hmm. and Corinne. 
I think if you want to really turn the world, I mean, the thing is, if you want to change the world and you want to get whatever you're trying to get across, you're better off doing it with humor because any if you do it through any mm-hmm. other kind of sense, then what you're doing is preaching. And once you start preaching, well people's yeah. minds tend to um, turn well off. Said. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, look I at mean, Blazing get... Saddles. Blazing Saddles probably did more for, for racial tensions than most groups. Back then, you Especially know. Especially Mel Gibson. I'm Mel Gibson. Mel, uh, Mel Brooks. Mel Brooks. Yeah. Mel Gibson. Mel Brooks. <laughs> who? <laughs> that was the other one. <laughs> Blazing Saddles, Braveheart. <laughs> Mel Brooks. Who He's got his own set of issues. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Mel Brooks, who played the Indian. Who uh, you know, Cleavon Little, the black, you know, the black sheriff, and he says, "Schwarzes, I'm gay." You know, well, I have to tell you, when I saw that in Yiddish, where for the Schwarzes are, are from blacks, and let them go, that's all Yiddish. The idea of a Yid, of, a, of a, an American Indian speaking Yiddish, yeah. Uh, Everybody in the theater, whether that I would watch that at, no kidding, Jewish or not, they laugh like crazy. Gotta laugh, it's so funny. They laugh like crazy. It's one of the best scenes. It's still my favorite scene is you know, where he's going, Where are the white women at? Best scene ever. (laughs) And the funny thing about it's like when you say it out of context, it sounds really it's like oh my god that sounds very racist right. or whatever but when you watch it within the confines of the movie it all makes sense with and the, that, cl- the right. ku klux klan with the smiley faces saying have a nice day yeah. <laughs> on their sheets i mean it totally made fun of the assholes i mean that's why you gotta laugh at it and, yeah. and, and, that, and the thing is that's what i think that's what changed i mean i think that's the reason why things were opened you know, up a little more oh things opened up a lot more and people were accepting a lot more and i think that now because there's a lot of preaching going on i yeah. think that people's minds are starting to close close yeah. up again and when you start yeah, yeah. i mean you start closing minds and that's the, that's the problem is if you start there is no there's know, no I, communication i think we need a, a show like soap again in, yeah. in, in, in honestly in i think minds. people would beat up on it because there's so many people that would be so upset or so offended sadly you know but oh, you know, think, the did, thing I'm is sure though i i was reading too. i was reading somewhere about these people supposedly who are so upset and to come to find out um it's a very small minority but they have very loud voices but the squeaky yeah. wheel gets the grease that's the sad uh, part you're right you know and i think you know and unfortunately that you know if you get these people who are basically soapboxing whatever cause they're soapboxing without having the facts themselves exactly and i think you know and i think we mentioned on the show quite a few times you know within you know regular conversation mm-hmm. you know no matter where you stand on whatever issues it's best to be centrally located and you can lean one way or the other but yeah. if you go if you lean too far one way or the other you're just going to fall over eventually mm-hmm. so <laughs> best just to lean one way or the other on whatever thing is and i think that's the problem at the moment we got too many people leaning too far one way or too far the other way there's no solidarity yeah. in a lot of lot of ways. But but I think I think the majority of the people are pretty much standing in the middle sort of thing and leaning one way or the other. Well, I mean, leaning, depending on what they're talking about. So mm-hmm. But I think that, you know, but I think soap was, you know, a groundbreaker. And I think, you know, and I mean, I probably the wrong person because I'm never offended by anything. I'm I'm not offended by anything. You can call me anything in the street and I'm not offended. I don't care. We have to remember and, that. Unless it's someone I know and care about, and then they say something rotten to me, then I care. That's different. That's someone who knows me. But if it's like you know, if it's mindless changes, I don't give a care. We're always insulting each other on our phone calls or texting or whatever. We're not nice to each other, but we're (laughs) pretty much piss off, you know. 
I'm just trying to keep it real with you, Vicky. I know. I'm trying to keep it real with you too, buddy. (laughs) Both of you succeed admirably. (laughs) It's part of our charm. 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 That's right. Your charm. Now we've come to the brought to you by section where we will give our final thoughts on this block of episodes of soap. So Tom, what do you think? Um, I'm going to say it again. And, it, and you know, and I, and I hope the fans will forgive me for, reiter- for reiterating. <laughs> no, I just thought the writing was excellent. I thought it was even better. I think they're starting to hit their stride. Obviously, you know, whenever a show starts yeah. in the beginning, give them a little time to get give the ball a little going. Space. Yeah, give them a little slack to get into this into the scope of things, and and, and soap is funny to begin with. But here, my God, um, once again, Harold Gould's performance is Harold Gerber. I loved him with, with yeah. Barney, Barney Gerber, and uh, a very, 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 uh, very poignant. They could have. They, I think they could have started a spinoff series based on that one character. Yeah, I bet you they could have. He was the only voice of reason, really. Well, in all the chaos. He, they kind they kind of did give him a spinoff, didn't he? Wasn't he end up being Rhoda's father? Yeah. Well, yeah <laughs> I don't think that was a spin off. It wasn't a spin off. another role that he played. And Mary, and Mary to Nancy Walker. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. But, um, yeah, so, uh, so between, between him and um, the way they handled the Jewish experience on soaps through that character and also the uh, Danny's rabbi, which I got a real kick out of. That um, was funny, the rabbi yeah, thing. Yeah, yeah, the, yep. Um, plus, you know, the plus of the rabbi versus the Arab, you know, that. Of yeah, course, that was funny. Yeah. Yeah, that was something in itself. And they had, and instead of a beard, they had him on, they had blackface on him, I think, to simulate the beard, which reminds me of Groucho Marx or something with his uh, mustache over. But, um, but you can the, see the back of his hair the whole time, though. They didn't make mm-hmm. it so that you knew he had a, you knew that he was in, you know, a disguise because they didn't really try to hide the back of his hair that i thought was funny exactly so between that um the um the basic plot of course of uh who killed now it's turned into a whodunit uh yeah. who murdered uh, you know who murdered the tennis guy and uh something that's always oh you always see that in soap opera somebody gets killed and there's a big yeah. investigation um only this sheriff uh, who has? Oh, there was a great. There was a great line. He, he had he, he he has a vacuum cleaner bag for a brain. I thought that was yeah. I, I thought that was wonderful. Um, but but this sheriff had a vacuum cleaner bag for a brain. I'll tell you that much. And uh, and the whole thing and, and the whole and the whole thing with that uh, the the arrest of Corinne and then she's released. And did we ever find out? Why, yeah, then, why, then 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 they arrest Jessica at the end. Right. Why? But why did they let Corinne go? Uh, maybe I don't know. Maybe because they went and they found they found all of the evidence. You know, like where Jessica had it. Like the gun was in her drawer. What else was the other thing? I can't remember. 
they were in stupid spots, you know, for dumb reasons. Well, but the other, yeah, well, and that that we that's also we don't know why ever all the the murder weapons were why were the murder weapons found in Jessica's room? Well, was it, it implies a setup. well the gun she admitted was hers. So yeah, so you know, so definitely circumstantial implies. So a all of a sudden, you see Chester have feelings for his wife a little bit. Chester's got a heart underneath that shitty exterior. Well, I think there's but, guilt. I think there's real yeah. guilt because Chester knows that he's been uh, fooling around with the whole town, and uh, you know. And but I think part of the part of Chester's ethos is having his cake and eating it, as you so often see with uh, partners that like to have affairs while still being married. You know, they want they, it gives them this assumption of false power to have their cake and eat it. And here it's been and here it's been destroyed. And of course, remember the actor who plays Chester has been in a prior soap opera, so it was really funny. I don't remember whether it was The Guiding Light or whatever, but it was but it was very funny um, to see that actor um, now do a parody of himself, literally. Um, but I think in general, with the and of course you you actually do see in a flashback the guy who um, uh, Bert killed. Uh, yeah. The, so the you find out what happens with that. Yeah. That's right. That's right. Uh, and um, so there's so there's some stuff that it's resolved. They get rid of a character. Uh, now they get rid. They get rid of um, the tennis player, and um, now the rest of it is is devoted to is devoted to the who done it. But right. it's very very clever. Very very clever. I think the writing. And of course, good acting too. And, yeah. and the guy who plays Bird is, is is super, and the and and choking the puppet that that to me choking the puppet that was one of my favorite scenes. A too. Funny scene, funny, yeah. funny, funny. Because it, it, they've humanized this piece of wood, and he's like part of the family, and everybody actually pays attention to him because he never shuts up. I think it's great, and you know something. I was on Bert's side. I wanted to see the puppet get his. I know. Uh, I was. I wanted to strangle him. He was like, "Shut up, Bob!" Yeah, exactly. Exactly. <laughs> you know. Uh, you start a, humanizing them in your own mind after a while, just being the viewer. I give the puppet chloroform, quite frankly. Uh, but um, so I so I think that the writing really, really was superb and helped to pull this through. That's that, that's my opinion. About yourself, Keith. Um, I think these episodes are very, very strong. I really like them a lot. I think that um, it's comedy gold. I like the way that they hit. I love the way that you got they hit things with comedy, but then you get these tender scenes that just break your heart. And I yeah, and anyone and I think that any time, any time that you can switch things that quickly from yeah. laughing to almost that you're if you like you know you want, you're choking up a little bit, I think is comedy genius. I also love I, what I also like about soap is that. If you grew up in the television, you know, from the 60s and 70s, TV I love era. the way that we're yeah, and I love that, you know, we're, we see Gordon jump from WKRP. In oh, Cincinnati I know. I the, love the, him. The, Every time I think plays. of him, I think of the turkey drop. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but, but, you know, it's like you're seeing, but you're seeing all these like TV, you know, Harold Gould from, you know, I know him from Rhoda, you know, sort of thing. And, stars, all, yeah. and all the, yeah, and they just start popping in. It's a bit like when you, you know, watching Bewitch, which is another show that we cover where you start seeing right. these old actors that you just used to love seeing in films and they're popping in. And, and that's what I like about stuff they always have a fresh they always got fresh characters coming in and out and they always yeah. but they're, they're not just in there just to 
to move the story along. They're there to give comedy genius as well. They're even getting great lines as well. Everyone on here always gets great lines. Yeah. And, and nobody's wasted. And I think that's one of what makes so that's a That's, a good, that's show. a good thought. Nobody is wasted on the show at all. I mean, everybody mm-hmm. has. Everybody a, gets. The, the one-liners just keep coming. And they all have a chance. Everyone shines. Doesn't matter. Even if they're only in like, you know, I think, you know, like Billy, I think, doesn't get used much in this block. But they even when sending he's sending him out of he, the room. <laughs> But yeah. even but even yeah when he, even when he's on the few lines that he does have he, they are zingers you know yeah. what I mean? and they're like boof and you can see William Daniels so. uh, pre Saint Elsewhere and pre Night Rider uh, but his ability to scream already and to be a and to be a dominating uh, Nazi you know Nazi is really emphasized and so it's kind of a prelude to da- to Doctor Craig in Saint Elsewhere who is the epitome of the uh, you know of the of the of the physician snob, and it was it was a great signature role for Daniel. Uh, and of course, and uh, who else? he was also in Saved by the Bell. I didn't like him in that, but uh, but know. but this role, and so I was surprised to see him. It was, uh, and and I agree with Keith. It's nice to see. You know these old these older character actors and and people have been around a while and they just pop in for this stuff and uh, it's it's kind of like a fresh face so to speak uh, and uh, and it's, it's good stuff it's good yeah I yep. think Gordon Jump and all of I mean you just you just know these people well especially if you grew up you know in TV land era I call it now like like us guys you know mm-hmm. and you just. You you know all these people. You know who they are, and they you know they do come in and do these character spots, and and, and they all look like they're having, they all look like they're enjoying themselves. That's what that's another. They thing probably about were. Fun. And yeah, they're having fun. Well, what's in that interview we had, we had done? You know, they they did enjoy. There was camaraderie and lots of laughter. So they because you to. you mean you see a lot of you see a lot of comedy series, and it's like and you know they make you laugh, and and but you know they're there for the job sort of thing but right. here they're they just have this natural closeness and this they all look like you can tell that they all enjoy coming to work and doing their doing their job and doing There's their chemistry yeah yeah between them. i gotta say also no bloopers in this blog guys no uh, bloopers I mean, oh that's too time. bad i'm sure if there's a blooper you're gonna catch it tom i uh, <laughs> well maybe i'll maybe i'll i'll take a bit i'll take a close but i did but no bloopers they're probably there's there all- they're probably uh, there you just missed it due to the covid when they cut it out <laughs> That's possible. Yeah, he's, he's going through a fog. <laughs> yes, that's right. I'm watching our I'm shows out. on a fog. You know? I have it out. I have it out. <laughs> but uh, and I mean, when you consider my my dear my dear dark shadows, and I counted almost a hundred bloopers in the last block, we could I, we couldn't I couldn't go into it. I just went into a fraction of them. We could have taken uh, advantage of them on the Dark Shadows episode. We didn't. <laughs> <laughs> good job. We had fun at your expense if we didn't take the moment and seize it. That's right. Mm-hmm. Yeah, carpe diem. You were talking yeah, about. Yeah, yeah. But I thought they were strong block, too. And I like how they, they like Keith was saying, they, they do come out, you know, and they, they with empathy bring out all these things that were happening back then, like Very homosexuality important. and sex change. And I remember the first time I heard sex change, I was a little girl. I didn't know. So what the hell are they talking about? Because usually when you saw that stuff, we got our news from the national Enquirer last that, that, at that time, you know, but they got the guy with the holding up the giant grasshopper, like he killed it. He's holding mm. it up <laughs> back of the legs. I got to find that picture that mm. yep. it was about things that were going on and people were really upset about him. If you remember correctly back then. 
And I do think that it softened the blow and that she just she just brilliantly wrote the script to where, wow, I can empathize with Billy Crystal in this because, you know, he's a real human being. This is a human being. It's not a homosexual, you know. He's, mm-hmm. he's someone that feels just like we do and he wants a normal, you know, relationship with somebody. And he was good. He was willing to sacrifice all for the, the shithead quarterback who <laughs> went and married a woman on him anyway. So, you know. That I mean, I, I, I remember like um, when Soap was on, um, what's the 1976? 77, 77, 78. 77, I believe. So, and so that would make me 12 years old. And I remember my mom used to let me stay up and watch it. And when and my mom had to explain to me what a sex change was. Oh, my mother funny. had to. I was pretty young, but it did start going into the 80s. And as I was older, I could enjoy it more because I understood what was going yeah. on. And, but my mom let me stay up and watch. She said there was, a, there was an important show that I must watch. My mother so they, wouldn't let me stay up and watch. What was that show? Laugh-In. I wanted to watch Laugh-In all the time. And my mother oh, would not let me watch Laugh-In. <laughs> oh, I, I don't know how you... Oh, that was, so, that was so there for the time it was in. And it was, and it was, it was, it was so poignant. And it, oh, Laugh-In was... Laugh-In was... It just worked. It just yeah, happened to the yeah. time. Because Laugh-In was... All Laugh-In was was just an accumulation of sick, sick bad jokes. Yeah. But because of the combination of Goldie, Goldie Hawn... With the, you know, and, and sock it to me, and here comes the judge, and, and all that. Charo. Yeah, no. Gucci, Gucci. Gucci. Yeah. The, these were household. Tiny Tim. Tiny Tim, yes. Who can forget Tiny Tim? <laughs> Uncle Al, the kitty's pal. Hello, little friends. Hello, the Farkles. Marty yeah. Johnson. You yeah, know? yeah. Oh, my God. Those were the, you know what? I'm probably I'm probably going to go put on Prime and watch some of those now just to be spiteful to my mother. It's, it's so iconic. She's listening. <laughs> Richard Nixon getting on laughing and saying, Sock yeah. it to me? <laughs> yeah. Oh, my God. How funny. My mom I heard me the music, that. and I knew it was on, and she wouldn't let me come yeah. downstairs. That was so oh, that's just, Well, she's probably afraid that it was good because they were always – I was really little. Taboo stuff. They did really very little. light stuff, to be honest with you. Uh-huh. My favorite joke was between Abby Lane and Dick Martin. And it was, it was just so, but it was the way they, they did it. It was, you Very remind me of the sea. <laughs> the sea. Why is it because I'm wet and wild? No, it's <laughs> make me sick. Doesn't take much to get off on a tangent with any of no, us. No, it doesn't. No, no, forget, <laughs> it. forget it. We're nuts, you know, that kind of thing. Oh, but, well. uh, it's not so much of a tangent because you're comparing. <laughs> well, it's stuff. relevant. It's right. You're comparing soap to now, 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 now laughing was a little earlier than soap. Right. Uh, but I was just saying my mother, I didn't understand things back then. Like when, like when soap first came out, sex change, what I was probably 12 when it started. Cause we're the same age, aren't we? So, yeah. Uh, yeah. He's a month younger than me for everybody <laughs> that hears his old freaking jokes. Okay. <laughs> a month younger. He likes to say yeah, generations. But I wear better than you do, Gen babe. X. I wear better than you. <laughs> well, I don't know. There are some things Vicky Keith wears a lot better. Keith exfoliates a lot, okay? <laughs> I actually have no skin left because I foliate, exfoliate so much. <laughs> the deciduous forest, are you? I'm just a human skull. Yeah, the Brazilian well, I'm wax boy. I'm just a vagabond lover. <laughs> okay. Uh, 
end of the Literary License Podcast retrospective of Soap Season 1, Episodes 9 to 16. Tune in next time where we're going to be doing episodes 16 to... 17 to... Well... 24. 17 to 24. Yeah. We finished season one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, also, uh, tune in next time where we'll be discussing our classic novel for the month of February, and that will be The Time Machine by H.G. Wells and the classic film of the same name from 1960, The Time Machine. We will be returning to Soap for our next episode in April of this year, where we will be continuing the retrospective. And I screwed that up because I had the wrong numbers down. Get it? Okay. The Time Machine by H.G. Wells and a classic film of the same name from 1960. So we will be seeing you next time for our soap retrospective in April. So it's good night from myself. Good night, everybody. Good night. Good night, Tom. Good night. And we, can, we can't say good night to Jesse because he was probably at a toga party and blew us off because he's a college person now. But he had a better time, too. But don't forget to, to sign on for H.G. Wells' The Time Machine and the movie of the same name. So have a pleasant good night. Stay safe and well. Bye-bye.